the true Messiah now appears. The types are all withdrawn, so fly the shadows and the stars before the rising dawn. Smoking sweet and bleeding lamb, the kid and bullock slain, and costly spice of every name would all be burnt in vain. Aaron must lay his robes away, his mitre and his vest. When Christ the Lord comes down to be the offering and the priest. He took our mortal flesh to show the wonders of His love. For us He paid His life below and prays for us above. Forgive me, Christ, forgive their sins, for I myself have died. And then he shows his open face and pleads his wounded side. Thank you. Be seated. It has been my common practice when coming to the end of a chapter in our studies of the book of Judges in Israel, it has been my common practice to before going on to the next chapter, to take a small diversion and take up some other unrelated text. And that is my desire again here this morning. Having finished our studies in Judges chapter 13, and I am very aware that my treatment of that chapter was in no way exhaustive. I'm sure that as we move through the chapter and through the sermons in the chapter, you had surely many things, thoughts came to your own heart, thoughts which I did not express from the pulpit. I know the word of God is such that we are never able to exhaust its riches. And I'm sure that my messages were not exhaustive in that 13th chapter. 
but having completed that, I wish this morning to look with you at some other theme altogether. My thoughts in my own private meditations have run most recently after a single descriptive phrase that has repeatedly drawn my attention in the scriptures and drawn me up to the throne of God in pure exalted worship. The thought, the expression that has brought me to those places is this phrase and the consideration of it, this phrase this man, the Lord Jesus Christ, this holy, this incomparable, this divine man, the Lord Jesus Christ, this man. Simple title, simple message. This man. In the Greek, it's the two words, huton, anthropon, this man. If we may but for just a few minutes consider this man together in the places where in our New Testament he is thus designated. This man. I would have us first, first to consider this man in his deity. You'd find that so expressed in John chapter 7. John chapter 7, the Lord Jesus is in Galilee, walking in Galilee, and uh, as we see in verse 1, walking in Galilee among the Jews there. And even his own brethren, we find in verse 5, were unbelieving. But he went up, finally, to the feast, at verse 14, he was in the midst of the temple, in the midst of the feast, and he went up to the temple. And then we find these words, verse 12 of John chapter 7. And there was much, much murmuring among the people concerning him, for some said he is a Good man. <laughs> Others said nay, but he deceiveth the people. Howbeit no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now, about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught 
And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters having never learned? <laughs> Some said he was a good man. Howbeit no man spake of him. Until finally someone burst forth with this declarative question, if I may use that terminology, and said, How knoweth this man letters? And I would respond and say to you that we are able to see in this place this man in his deity. Because he is said to have knowledge without ever learning. <laughs> oh, he did, he declared himself, verse 26, and speaketh boldly. <laughs> he speaketh boldly. And what is he boldly speaking? He's declared himself to be none other than God. He is declaring himself to be God by his speaking knowledge without ever having learned. <laughs> Why? How can he speak knowledge when he's never learned as men learn knowledge? It's none other than this. He is in fact God. <laughs> he is deity. <laughs> I give to you that he declares, this man declares his deity in two different ways. He's portrayed here. His deity is portrayed and displayed in his speech. Verse 15, how knoweth this man letters, having never learned the word knoweth in this Greek text, Ido, it means to perceive, to discern. How is it that this man has such discernment? And then the word letters is, of course, the Greek word grama, writing, sacred learning. It's not the same word, by the way, that's used in the very next verse that says, Jesus said, my doctrine, my doctrine, epistole, that's doctrine. But in this previous verse, it's the word letters. Grama, he, he has knowledge. He has discernment in the very letters, in the writing of the sacred learning. And they say, how is it this man, this man has this discernment in the very writings of the sacred word? Having not learned, <laughs> there's a Greek word, simply means to be informed. To be informed, to be instructed, 
to attain knowledge gradually? It's a fair and reasonable question. They're stunned with his words. They're stunned with his teaching. I'm telling you that his, his deity here, this man's deity is displayed in his speech. This man knoweth having never learned. <laughs> How is that possible? This man is deity. But look at our text again. Not only have these unbelieving Jews noted his learning, but they're pointed to his deity by his words. Look at verse 44. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have you not brought him? And the officers said, Never a man spake like this man. This man, this man, never a man spake like this man. There was never a man that spake like this man, this anthropos. <laughs> because these are not the words of mere man, but of God. His deity, I said, is portrayed and betrayed in his speech. All oh, the power of that speech. You know, you those of you who know me well, you know how much I love great preaching. How much I love to hear men far, far, far beyond my ever desire to attain. I could never attain to their words. I love to hear their words. I love to hear their phraseology. I love to hear how they capture thought and put it into verbs. I love words. I love to hear it. But all oh, this man, this man's words, this man's words were the words of deity. I give you this morning that the power of his rhetoric is the envy of the literary world. The force of his logic fully dwarfs the scholarship of every age. The beauty of his diction embarrasses the Roman orator Cicero. Oh, his words, only God can speak like this man. This man. Oh, his words created untold myriads of worlds, John 1 in Genesis 1. His words raised the dead, Matthew 11, 5. His words made the lame to walk, the dumb to speak, the blind to see, Matthew 15, verse 31. And his words crushed his enemies with nothing but his voice. You remember the scene in John 18 and verse 6. They came to get him and he spoke and they fell backwards. Such is the power and the force of his words. I said he manifests his deity in his speech. But oh, I must move quickly. If I'm to catch more of a glimpse of this man, I give you secondly, he manifests his deity not only in his speech, 
but he manifests his deity by his profound wisdom. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 verse 51. Jesus saying to that, say on, saith unto them, have ye understood all these things? And they say unto him, yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that's an householder that bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence, and when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogues insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man these things? <laughs> oh, this man has demonstrated his deity by the profundity of his wisdom. The Bible said in verse 54, they were astonished. Oh, so it means literally to be, to strike one out of their self-possession. <laughs> Ek. Out of it. So ought to be smitten out of your self-possession. They were astonished. Astonished. Why were they so stricken? Why were they so smitten? Oh, because of the wisdom. Whence hath this man, verse 54, this wisdom? Oh, there's so much I could say here. So much I could say. I haven't the time. Oh, the wisdom of Solomon. The wisdom of Solomon. That wisdom from Solomon, at whose wisdom the Known world was held in wonder. Was only a thimble dipped from the vast ocean of this man. <laughs> oh, if one tiny grain of Jesus' wisdom could be held up beside the carnal wisdom of all the sages of all the ages compressed together, it would appear as a single grain of sand flung into the expanse of all the beaches on all the continents in all the world. Nothing to the wisdom of this man. This man, hallelujah, this man demonstrated by his wisdom. That text in 1 Corinthians from which we read chapter 1 and verse 19, listen, 
In that same chapter he says, For it's written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I'll bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Have not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The Jews required a sign. The Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ. We preach Christ crucified. We preach this man. Here's the wisdom. Here's the wisdom. This man. <laughs> oh, I say to you, in this man, we see deity. But number two, in this man, we see divinity. Oh, yes. Divinity. Notwithstanding, the lying testimony of that whore of Romanism, notwithstanding the lying testimony of that whore of Romanism, only God can forgive sin. Only God can forgive sin. Only divinity has the prerogative. Mark chapter 2 at verse 2. Mark chapter 2 and verse 2. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. They came unto him bringing one sick of the palsy which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was and when they had broken it up they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay when Jesus saw their faith he said unto the sick of the palsy son thy sins be forgiven thee but there were certain of the scribes sitting there reading in their hearts and said why doth this man Thus speak blasphemies. Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed and walk, which is easier for divinity. But that they may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed and go thy way unto thine house. And immediately he arose and took up the bed and went forth before them all. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, this man is divinity. Only God can forgive sin. Sinners can't forgive sin. Only divinity has that prerogative. And in this text we find he has that prerogative. 
Who has that prerogative? Verse 7, this man. This man. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. This man demonstrates his divinity. I must move quickly. Oh, in the face of his indisputable deity, as we saw it. In the face of his indisputable divinity, as we've seen it. Yet I would have you to see thirdly this man in his denial. Oh, what an unfathomable tragedy is this. That this man could ever be denied by mortal man. But he is. There in that shocking scene in the garden of Gethsemane. In Mark chapter 14 and verse 66 we read this. And as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also wast with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied. He denied saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And went out onto the porch and the cock crew and the maid saw him again. Began to say to them that stood by, this is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little after they stood by, they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man. Oh, here he is. Here's this man in his denial. This man. What? What, Peter? You know not this man? What? The appalling apostasy of our fallen hearts. Not one of us here in this building this morning claiming Christ, but have repeatedly denied this man his due. We have all in a thousand different ways denied this man. Alas, what poor wretches are we? What poor wretches are we? Dear Joseph Grigg, somewhere around 1760 wrote these words, Jesus, and shall it ever be a mortal man ashamed of thee? Ashamed of thee whom angels praise, whose glory shines through endless days. Ashamed of Jesus? Sooner far let evening blushed on a star. He sheds the beams of life divine o'er this benighted soul of mine. 
ashamed of Jesus? Just as soon let midnight be ashamed of noon. Ashamed of Jesus, that dear friend on whom my hopes of heaven depend. No, when I blush, be this my shame, that I no more revere his name. Ashamed of Jesus, yes I may. When I have no guilt to wash away, no tear to wipe, no good to crave, no fear to quell, no soul to save. Ashamed of Jesus, oh yes. See this man in his denial. Oh, sometime later, 18, somewhere around 1895, Thomas Pollock prayed these words, Show me myself, O Holy Lord. Help me to look within. I will not turn me from the sight of all my sin. Just as it is in thy pure eyes would I behold my heart. Bring every hidden spot to light nor shrink the smart. Yet Lord I thank thee for the sight thou hast vouchsafed to me. And humbled to the dust I shrink closer to thee. And if thy love will not disown so frail a heart is mine. Chasten and cleanse it as thou wilt, but keep it thine. Oh, see this man. See this man in his denial. Look again. Look again, not only at, here's Peter, verse 71 of Mark 14. This man, I know not. This man, it's not just Peter. It's the whole nation of Israel. Luke chapter 23, the whole nation of Israel denied him. Luke chapter 23 and verse 14. They said unto them, Luke chapter 23 and verse 14. Pilate, when verse 13, when he had called together the chief priests, the rulers of the people, he said unto them, Ye have brought this man unto me. As one that perverteth the people, and behold, I have examined him before you, and I have found no fault in this man. Touching those things whereof ye accuse him. No, nor yet did Herod, for I sent him, I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. I will therefore chastise him and release him, for of necessity he must release one unto them at the feast. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man! Away with this man! The whole nation of Israel guilty of a wholesale denial of this man. Oh, see this man in his denial. 
an appalling display of depravity. Oh yes, this man. You see this man in his deity. Oh, we see this man in his divinity. We see this man in his denial. But I give you again this morning, number four, I would have you see this man in his dethronement. Oh, this man in his dethronement. You see in Luke, chapter 19 and verse 14, it says, But his citizens, our Lord, of course, is speaking in this parable. It is a parable, but our Lord is speaking in this parable. He gives the words in this parable to the thoughts of men. He gives the words to the thoughts of men in verse 14. His citizens hated him and sent a message after him said we will not have this man rule over us. Reign over us. We will not have this man reign over us. We would have him dethroned. We would have him dethroned. Is it is not is it not so this morning that all men say as our Lord put in the mouth of the spokesman in this parable all men say together with one heart any king but this man any king we go to the jail or out on the streets even at my age with all the years of seeing, I never cease to be shocked at the things men are willing to take to be king in their lives. Addiction rules. Mercilessly rules. Addiction. Slavery. Poverty. Madness. The unregenerate heart says, any king, any king, any king but this man. We will not have this man reign over us. Oh, in this chapter, see this man in his dethronement. But in the midst of all this shocking display, yes, shocking display, in the midst of it, I would have you notice one other thing, number five. I'd have you notice this man in his demeanor. <laughs> oh, notice this man in his demeanor. Chapter 23. Verse 14 again, Pilate said, Pilate said, Ye have brought this man unto me as one that perverteth the people. And behold, I have examined him before you and have found no fault in this man. 
Indeed, later on, the malefactor, that other malefactor, on the cross beside him in verse 41 said, And we indeed justly are condemned, for we received the due reward of our deeds. But this man, this man, this man hath done nothing amiss. Oh, can you see his demeanor? Spotless. He brought no reproach. He brought no reproach upon himself. He brought no reproach upon God. In the midst of all this vile display of dethronement, unbelief and hatred, look at his demeanor. Even the thief on the cross, watching him there that day, he testified, this man, this man, had done nothing. Oh, can you see this man in his demeanor? Can I describe it to you more accurately? I could go to Acts chapter 8 and do that, but I'll go back to the source from the prophet and do it. Isaiah 53 and verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Listen now. He was oppressed. And he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter as a sheep before his shearers and dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Open not his mouth. Oh, he was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken. He made his grave with the wicked and the rich in his death because he had done no violence. Neither was there any Deceit in his mouth, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He put on him grief, but listen to me. In the midst of his all, he opened not his mouth. Oh, the demeanor, the demeanor of this man. How unspeakably decorous was this man's demeanor. That course. Always and under every sorrow and every slight, this man maintained a holy demeanor. No wonder his name is holy. Reverend is his name. Oh, what a perfumed fragrance of heaven wafted over his demeanor. Always, never was any man whosoever lived so completely done justly. In the words of Micah 6 and verse 8, done justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. Hallelujah. What a demeanor in this man. What a sweet demeanor. In this man. Oh how often we are. Indecorous. 
even under the slightest difficulty. We lose our decorum. I'd have you to see this man. Oh, that poor dying sinner on that cross said, this man, this man, his demeanor has been perfect. But finally, finally this morning, as glorious as all these considerations are and have been to my soul in recent days, as glorious as these considerations are, yet I give you one other. And this, in every believer's heart, surely this is the crown jewel. This is the most astonishing. This is the most inconceivable. I give you this man in his dissension. Oh, in his incomprehensible dissension. You'll read it with me. In Luke chapter 15 and verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribe murmured, saying, This man, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Oh, hallelujah. It was on Thursday morning of this week. I made a note of the time. It was 9.46 a.m. 9.46 a.m. on Thursday morning, Brother John sent out a text with this verse, having no knowledge whatsoever that I'd been here for weeks already and was planning to preach this morning. This man in his dissension. Oh, this is the crowning jewel in the diadem of the display of this man. Here's the crowning jewel. This man receiveth sinners. And eateth with them. Whoa, oh, hallelujah. This man. I give you for your consideration this morning, this man. Oh, how beloved the hymn translated from a 1700s hymn translated sometime in the late 1800s. These Blessed words, sinners, Jesus will receive. Sound this word of grace to all who the heavenly pathway leave or all who linger, all who fall. Singing o'er and o'er again, Christ receive it, sinful men. Make the message clear and plain. 
Christ receiveth sinful men. Come and he will give you rest. Trust him for his word is plain. He will take the very worst. Christ receiveth sinful men. Now my heart condemns me not. Pure before the law I stand. He who cleansed me from all spots sanctified its last demand. Christ receiveth sinful men, even me with all my sin. Purge from every spot and stain. Heaven with him I enter in. Hallelujah. Sing it over and over again. Christ receiveth sinful men. Make the message clear and plain. Christ receiveth sinful men. <laughs> oh, this man, this man receiveth sinful men. No wonder Charles Wesley wrote, Oh, and can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain? For me, who him to death pursued, amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Tis mystery all, he said. Tis mystery all. The immortal dies, who can explore his strange design? In vain the firstborn seraph tries to sound the depths of love divine. Tis mercy all let earth adore, but angel minds inquire no more. Why? This man receiveth sinners. And eateth with them. This man. Oh, could you just spend the day this day the Sabbath day contemplating this man in all the things that the scriptures teach us about him where he is denominated this man. Stand with me if you will please and sing again. Standing and singing number 200. And twelve, not to condemn the sons of men, did Christ the Son of God appear. No weapons in his hands are seen, no flaming sword nor thunder there. Such was the pity of our God, he loved the race of man so well. He sent his Son to bear our load, our sins, and save our soul from hell. Stand with me, please. to condemn the sons of men did Christ the Son of God appear no weapons in his hands are seen no flaming sword nor thunder there such was the peace of our God 
He loved the race of man so well. He said his son to bear our load of sins and save our souls from hell. Sinners believe the Savior's word, trust in his mighty name and live. A thousand joys his lips afford, his hands a thousand blessings give.